So, um, what have you got for fodder, bitch? You got anything? Why? Am I your fucking monkey? Like, what? We've talked about this. Obviously, yes, you are. Well, how much? Fo- I mean, I mean, can I have like a time stamp? Like, how much? How many minutes? We seconds? are sixty-seven episodes into this podcast, right. and you're and you think that you need a time stamp now? Look, look, Heather, strikes are happening. I need to know oh my, my rights. You don't have any rights. <laughs> you don't have any rights on this show. <laughs> there is no divas union. <laughs> no. It's just you and me here, baby. Okay, so. Okay. Uh, so, hey, do you want to? Do you want to like start? Like, you want to? You want to intro a show? Let's start there. Let's start in familiar territory and intro a show. Wait. Uh, yeah? uh, no. Well, I don't even know what we're doing today. Like, we're talking about Loki. I'm ch- I'm joking. I'm <laughs> look at that look. <laughs> I'm buying time to get my notes out of my on my because I wrote I wrote I this is so weird Heather because I'm doing everything on my phone because I. My notes are on my phone. You've been doing this on your phone for not, a not, while. Not completely. Um, oh, okay. Um, but literally everything's on my phone. The comic book we're going to be talking about is on my phone. Oh, wow. Like, all of it. And so I'm a little I'm a little nervous, a little scared. And I forgot to look up one thing. Hold on. Sorry. Okay. Also, again, I have 500 fucking tabs open. Because you don't compile your information into one document full of notes, so that you just have to consult that. Uh, because then I could not read it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fair, I mean, fair <laughs> then, then I could not. Then I could not do it. Okay. All right. I'm ready. Let's do it. You ready? You want to do okay. an intro? Let's do an intro. Oh, oh, are you rushing me now? Am I the one that's lagging behind? Is that what we're saying? No, I'm just really nervous and giving giving off n- nervous energy. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be okay. Yeah, it's good. We we've got this. Okay, nothing we do or say on this podcast could be weirder or more awkward than the comic that we're talking about. Yeah. Okay, Mm -hmm. so bathe in that reassurance while I do the intro. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Marvelous Divas, the podcast where a woman and a gay man express their opinions about Marvel, formerly also the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but we'll get into it. My name is Stephanie. I am the woman half of the show. Period. All right. All right. I'll, I'll take it. Hey everybody, I'm Chris. I'm that I am that homo. Wow, Josh Brolin really did make Thanos hot, but the comic book version so not hot sexual. <laughs> uh, and Stephanie, uh-huh. speaking of which, if proof of my depravity is what is needed, then so be it. <laughs> 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 Fucking Thanos. Okay. So, um, do you wanna you wanna talk about like? Um, the weather? How's the weather? Is uh, it really... it's, it's hot as fucking hell, which is really unfortunate because I have a lot of friends that are going to, I believe today is Walt Disney Studios Day uh, for the Ooh. strikes. Uh, so uh, I have a plan this afternoon to uh, send some water and some Good. sandwiches and all that kind of stuff their way. I'm not sure how the delivery system is going to work, though, because there's kind of a lot of people walking in line. So we're going to have to work out the logistics. But uh I've seen videos where you just have somebody standing by the picket line and every person that walks by, they hand them a bottle of water. Yeah, well, uh, 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 specifically, there are four friends of mine that um, they're a little older. 
and uh. um, you know they're they're thinking about retirement. They're, they're that old, um, but nonetheless, they want to go out and show their support. And if this is dangerous weather for that, exactly. But if they're like, look, Kathy Bates and Helen Mirren are both out fucking walking, so are we? Right. Period. There you go. Yeah, solidarity, baby. Mm-hmm. So the reason we're talking about this, dear listeners, and the reason we took a week off, and the reason we are not talking about any Marvel shows today, is there is, in fact, if you haven't heard about it, a strike going on. Uh, the WGA, which is the Writers Guild, and SAG-AFTRA, which represents actors, etc., uh, are on strike because of, oh gosh, so many things. Most of them having to do with uh, billionaire studios uh, taking predatory advantage and underpaying everybody, every creative involved in their process, and now uh, threatening to replace them all with AI. So, like, that's a super simplification of the issue, but there it is. So they're on strike, and in solidarity with that strike, we will not be promoting or discussing on this podcast, or our other one, Dark Side Divas, any projects for any companies against which this strike is striking. Struck companies, they are called. Uh, so that means we have to talk about something else, uh, which we'll get to. But Chris, I think you had something about the strike you wanted to talk about? Or yeah, I mean, uh, um, you said oversimplification. Um, I mean, there are basically two major issues, right? One is right. the um, residuals. Um, so back when there were, you know, last round of strikes, which were, I think, the writer strikes of, uh, I think it was 2007. Um, Correct. Uh, you know, streaming... <laughs> The streaming world was very different. I believe it was just Netflix, and they were yeah, just... Yeah, it was brand new. Yeah. yeah, and they were just starting to to do their own production. And so back then, um, it was like, well, how do we do residuals? This is different. How do we track that? And Netflix was basically like, look, uh, how about we pay the key actors of the production more per episode than we normally would, and we don't have to worry about residuals. And the same goes for writers, same goes for everybody else. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what happened. And so uh, that model did not work because what about no. the actors who are only in a handful of episodes? What about the extras? What about like the the, the actual meat and potatoes of a right. lot of productions? Because um, it's not all just about the key actors and key characters. Um, so uh, as the as time has moved forward, um, there has been a major income disparity between. Uh, the main, the mainstream top level actors and the, everybody else. So, right. the key statistic that people come out uh, come out saying, which is like shocking, is that in order for you to get health insurance, you have to make from mm-hmm. from the strike or from the union. Sorry, you have to make a certain amount of money. It's twenty six thousand dollars a year, I believe. Which is uh, anywhere in the United States is very low. Uh, yeah. But L A. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. Uh, so most members of the union cannot. Um, get the insurance because they don't make enough money from their acting they mm-hmm. have to hope that their second job or third job because i all everybody has multiple jobs yeah that, at that level um so and of course like it's you know you need to be in a job that has the flexibility to uh, let you you know not come into work for a few days here and there so that's really the only mm-hmm. jobs that are like that in southern california are services jobs Right. And they're going to be part time. And here's the thing for, for our non-American listeners right now. Um, we don't have universal health care. So <laughs> if you want health insurance, uh, you need to either get it through your employer, 
or through your union that represents you, right? Uh, so, but either of those are going to have like employers require that you work a certain amount of hours, like be a full-time employee before you can get benefits like insurance and unions require that you hit a certain salary cap in order to be able to qualify for the insurance. So yeah, it's, um, it's very possible. In fact, entirely common for working actors to fall in that gray area in between not making enough with the union to get health insurance and not being able to work enough hours with another job to qualify for health insurance that way. So they could just hope that they stay healthy. Yeah. They just, it's a lot of wheatgrass. Well, since maybe. the, uh, I know that we're getting to the weeds here, but since the uh, passing of the ACA, uh, there are options to get your own. Mm-hmm. You still have to get health care. Uh, thanks, Obama. <laughs> uh, however, you have to pay out of no, pocket. Really, for that. thanks, Obama. Yeah, thank you, Obama. Yeah. Seriously, but um, you have to pay out of pocket for that. Yeah. So, like, fuck the rest of your bills. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, so, it's a it's a whole fucking mess. Now, um, there is a lot of misinformation out there. Um, you know, it. Um, I, I understand people have this uh, mentality: billionaires are bad. Um, I happen to think the billionaires in charge of these production companies are bad. So I'm I'm narrowing my focus down. Uh, why? Because there are, I'm going to say something very unpopular. Uh, between Don't be- you do it. I'm going to say it. Between organizations it. like the Trevor Project and the Human Rights Campaign and UNESCO and that kind of stuff, there are some billionaires out there actually not keeping any of their cash. They're giving it away and helping. Right. right? And they're the minority. They're the extreme minority. And for yeah. the record, they're seriously not uh, any, none of them are running a movie studio. <laughs> right. They're the exception that proves the rule that most billionaires are evil and should be eaten. <laughs> right. Uh, but I would like to make an announcement. Oh, do. Uh, I have in the past referred to Bob Iger as good Bob. Uh-huh. Bob Iger being the CEO of Disney. Right, right. Okay. His predecessor, Bob Chapek, was the bad Bob. Correct. I would like to. That is what you have said. I would like to update my uh, definition or my my nickname. Uh, Bob Iger is now bad Bob. Oh. And Bob Bob Chapek is uh, who, Bob? (laughs) I don't know her, Bob. I don't know her, Bob. There it is. Yeah, Bob Iger's been saying some problematic rich man shit. Yeah. Now, here's here's the thing. That's here's a dynamic that's at play um, uh, with Bob Iger in particular. Um, I know he. I know why he said what he said. Uh, he said what he said because he's he was concerned about the stock prices uh, going down drastically at Disney because Disney's been having issues with their stock market and shit the past year and a half. Um, and the um, uh, he has full time employees to worry about in addition to. Uh, talent and right. uh, talent are contractors. Uh, full-time employees are full-time employees. If Disney were to continue losing revenue, um, even if Bad Bob were to take zero dollars for salary and give away all of his all of his bonuses and shit, um, the he would still have to lay off a fuck ton of people if stocks were to go down. So he said what he said for PR reasons. I'm not agreeing with it. It could have been said so much better. In so many right. different ways. And it could have been said not from the literal billionaire summer camp that he flew on his private jet to go to. Correct. Correct. Um, so, now, uh, optics, uh, baby. Optics. Now, that's that's one side of the issue. The other side of the issue, the I'm talking about the organization, the leadership level of SAG. Okay? 
Um, I have done back. I know Stephanie's heard this rant already, so she's like, "Oh God, I've done." Some I'm back- just I'm just hoping it's not 20 minutes because we're you know. No, it's gonna be quick. It's gonna be quick. <laughs> we'll have like a comic book um, to talk about today. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, the other side of the union, um, there are quite a few COVID idiots uh, sitting on the board. It's true. It's true. Fran Drescher, I'm looking at you, girl. Um, you you said that um, you know uh, actors shouldn't be forced to take vaccines. Okay, hmm. masks don't work. And the the actual uh, uh, she actually tried to go to strike before because of the mask requirement on, on production spaces uh, during lockdown. So um, the nanny would never. Can I just say? Oh, never. But she, yeah. But yeah. So the reason why I'm pointing it out is that this is there's not really a this isn't a good guy versus bad guy thing. This is like, which it's a lesser of two evils type of thing. And I'm deeply concerned for all my friends that are striking right now, that are doing the actual work, uh, because I'm deeply afraid that um, uh, SAG is going to do something fucked up to my friends uh, in order to get a, bit, a sweet deal on the leadership side, because that has happened before several times. Uh, look it up in the 90s and 80s. Uh, well, so- yeah, but aren't union leaders, they're elected by the members of the union. Uh, it, right. It, well, it's a very corrupt election process, though. Well, yeah. I mean, clearly, if there's going to be an election process, process, it's going to be corrupted eventually. Yeah, yeah. But like, I'm just saying, these are not dictators, and they can be removed. They can be removed. They can. They can. And uh, so all all I'm saying is, y'all, um, if you really do support the the strikes, um, you know, in the next couple of weeks, uh, Steph and I are going to be uh, talking about different nonprofits that are actually going to be financially supporting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the folks that are on strike, there are some that are actually being launched that are trying to make uh, deals right now with insurance companies uh, for health insurance. Um, uh, if you truly do support the strike, uh, don't bitch bitch on social media. Don't retweet or what is it? Re X? What is it now? I don't fucking care. I don't give a fuck. Don't just make, <laughs> don't just take uh, TikToks bitching about billionaires. Put your money where your mouth is and financially help them out. Yeah, because there are people who can't. Who can't for- afford fucking food right yeah. now, and they can't feed their kids because they're not working. You know, it's it's a whole thing. Anyway, yeah. all of that is to say we are supporting the strike, and we're showing our support for the strike through the content in our podcast. Absolutely, um, Absolutely. which is where we are today and what we're talking about today. Yeah. Are we ready to pivot into that? Let's or do, do it. Let's more? let's talk okay. about what I, I'm so nervous. Okay, Ugh. so so. Up to this point on Marvelous Divas, we have been watching through the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe in chronological order. However, in support of the strike, we're pivoting away from TV and film production. And it turns out, I don't know if y'all knew this, it turns out the Marvel Cinematic Universe is based on like decades and decades of comic books. What? Did you Did you know? I no, know. I, did, I had no idea. I, I no, I I knew. I've just never actually like sat down and read a Marvel comic <coughs> book before. Oh really? So um, so that's what we're going to start talking about. Um, our strike content is going to be talking about Marvel comic books. Now, Chris, you and I are not experts in Marvel comics nope. at all. So, um, did you consult with an expert? I consult with a, an array of experts. In fact, oh. it turns out one of my friends works at Marvel Marvel Publishing. Nice. So. I got, uh, he actually gave me some awesome resources, which I'll share on this episode. But I want to be absolutely clear about something. Um, mm. my comic book friends that listen to the show, I know y'all are thirsty for suggestions, which I would appreciate, you know, in the future for trying to figure out what to do next. You know, please bring me suggestions. Uh, 
But if you come in correct, trying to correct me or give me <laughs> feedback on that for during this phase of the show, I got to tell you something. A lot of the comic book writers that I did research on are fucking bigots. Like they're just <laughs> they're just fucking awful. So I have zero reverence for history for context any of that shit i do not care i i I really i really want to stress that to you all i understand that in the 1970s silver surfer stubbed his toe and that's how we had like six new heroes and this is what happened and i got this and that wrong i do not care we're going to talk about the material that's in front of us right okay without because we cannot we cannot deep dive back through fucking 50 years yeah so we just we don't live in that culture. Uh, so consider this not uh, not an opportunity to correct us. Although I know nerds, we love to do that. Um, think of this more as an opportunity to look at the comics that you love through completely different eyes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is we're just giving you our two dumb bitches with microphones perspective on these comic books. Underlying dumb bitch with dumb. The, <laughs> with arrows pointing know. to those words, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and th- and this is an outsider's perspective. Now, I'm not yeah. I'm not totally an outsider uh completely. Um I had a family member remind me of a story. Um oh. uh, my grandfather loved to buy vinyl records, so he would always take me to the music nerd shop, which mm-hmm. also had a comic book section. Nice. And I walk in and I see this comic book of this like Big, thick, muscly man <laughs> with veins going through him and everything, wearing this like nice. cool-looking lucha, li- lucha libre-looking mask, and he's holding Batman above his head. <gasps> and I'm like, I hello, Bane. I, I want this comic book. I don't know why, because I'm because I'm like nine or whatever. It makes me feel something in my pants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's this sticking out of my pants? Um, so um, I know. I'm sorry. Uh, so I. I did actually start reading comic books for a short period of time during the whole Death of Superman, Batman Broke nice. His Back era. And, nice. Uh, but I am dyslexic. I have a very... I can actually read a book faster than reading a comic book. I don't understand why. Girl, reading comic books, you need a different brain. Oh, like, absolutely. I, I, I read... I'm a voracious reader. Yeah. Uh, because that's what I did instead of socializing when I was growing up. And so... Uh, but it's, my brain likes to read from left to right. And, and I did briefly for a while there train it to read manga in the other direction. But fucking comic books. I'm like, okay, wait, did I read that out of, out of order? I did. Who's talking? Who? Oh, I have to follow the squiggly line from the words to whose mouth was the, oh, <laughs> it's very frustrating. But I persevere. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. And also like. When you turn a page, there's totally different characters, totally different scene. Right. It's like no segue. Yeah, but the, <laughs> what's happening? But as my friend explained to me, no, the page turning is the segue. That's how, is the segue. That's right. how it yeah. works. And so, um, uh, you know, very much retraining my brain. Now, I have in the past few months been reading uh, Star Wars comic books and um, uh, some newer Marvel comic books because some of the artwork in the in the past like four or five years of comic books is fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. That will not be the case with the comic books we're talking about for nope. the next couple of weeks. <laughs> no, no, it's. I mean, it's a style. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So um, let's get into the actual comic book we're talking about sure, today, sure. shall we? Okay. So based on advice from uh, expert friends with whom Chris consulted, and given what we just finished talking about prior to the strike, today we are going to start with the Infinity Gauntlet. 
What? Series of comics. Yeah. Uh, and today we're talking about issue number one. Because that's where you start when you're reading a series. Start with one. And then the next one will be two. It's mind-blowing. Um, there was a couple of things going into this comic uh, that I, I realized pretty quickly. Yeah. One, this comic book assumes that the reader already has a great deal of knowledge about all of the characters and their relationships and everything in the comics. Absolutely. Uh, because it starts like there's Thanos and he's got the fucking Infinity Gauntlet and all the gems on it. And you just have to like... It, the comic assumes that you know everybody already. It spends zero time on characterization, right? Right. I don't know everybody already, so. Well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go through a little bit of that. But first, Steph, I have a very special intro. Okay. Then then you should do that. Awesome. This was written by Stan Lee. Uh, oh. During this time, Stan Lee, I think, is like a higher up person, but he, from time to time, will write very short blurbs in the monthly Marvel magazine. That does basically promotion about what big comic books are coming up for the year. Um, they were working on. Uh, I'll talk more about the background in a second, but they've been work. They were doing a lot of setup for this series uh, for a couple of years. Uh, so uh, he writes, "Hello, true believers. <laughs> I present to you a tale of greed and power, where death and destruction reign supreme. Our heroes Ooh. will face challenges never before seen at a scale that's unimaginable." In order to overcome evil cosmic power, dear reader, alliances between bitter enemies must be made. Are you ready to experience the power of the infinite? Excelsior! Excelsior, indeed. Uh, so yeah, the alliances between bitter enemies and stuff, I don't know these stories, so we're going to learn this shit as we go. Oh, absolutely. That is, that is awesome. And that is, that's the thing, that whole tone with the intro that he wrote, that is correct, obviously, because he's the one who created this. But... You really, I'm thinking, you really have to embrace the high camp drama mm -hmm. tone of these comic books in order to read it or it doesn't work or it's, or it feels stupid. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it really is like, it's, it is theater kids, uh, you know, a little bit drunk at a LARP cranked up to 11. Yeah. Like that's the level of drama <laughs> that you have to read this with. Everybody is at that level and it's awesome. Right, right. Yeah, so let's talk about what's going on in the world uh, before we uh, leap into the comics. So okay, why why are they doing this? Why why is Marvel making this big crossover event, all this kind of stuff? So right. throughout the uh, – so comic book – the comic book industry is going through a big tumultuous time in the late 70s, early 80s. I did not know this. A lot of this information comes from the story of Marvel book, which is uh, a full history of the company of Marvel that also oh. talks about Marvel Studios. Um, during the late seventies and eighties, uh, a lot of comic book companies, smaller ones and DC and Marvel in particular, uh, are getting their money from newspapers because they're still printing, um, short versions of their comic book strips in those newspapers. But huh. the newspaper industry is also going through a tumultuous time, uh, and they start trying to cut costs here and there. And so, uh, in the late seventies, Marvel saw a, a big drop in income because they're, Short version Spider-Man comics, their short and the Hulk and all these kind of stuff um, are starting to get cut. And when Marvel was making uh, television deals during the seventies, it was like a one and done. Yes, you want to make Incredible Hulk uh, uh, and uh, CBS, no problem. Uh, we get a million, one and done. DC, on the other hand, not only are they making like significant movie deals, they're retaining 
um, merchandise rights and just uh, some uh, uh, revenue from based on the success of the movie. So Superman mm. is a huge fucking hit. Um, right. uh, and they make several movies of that. Batman, huge fucking hit. DC is like uh, rocking rocking the b- boat, so to speak, and like dominating Marvel completely. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, uh, uh, and so this is when Stanley, we talked about this in previous Marvelous Divas episodes. Stanley is desperately trying to get movie studios to go, pay attention to me. Let's make Thor movies. Let's make Iron Man movies, blah, blah, blah. But they don't make mm-hmm. any, they don't make any real traction or progress. And Marvel actually gets bought, acquired, rebought over and over and over again. Um, so they're, the, Marvel's trying to think of ways to like come up with like new focuses on different kinds of characters. Uh, they try a crossover event before called the Secret War, which was financially mm-hmm. successful in the short term. In the long term, it broke the company because uh, one thing I notice about all these different comic book writers and editors, they are extremely protective of their characters. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so when you have like one guy going, hey... Uh, you 14 people, I'm going to include all your characters that you passionately love into this crazy crossover event. You're going to have to trust me when I'm writing them. And of course, everybody goes, no, because they're territorial. Right. And, right. And, and because they don't want their character to get killed. Right. You know, absolutely. Like, it's, it's totally like, like a bunch of fucking, uh, players. Like this, this is all gamers. Like this is one giant TTRPG. And like, no, you can't play with my character. My character wouldn't do that. Don't get my character killed. Shit like that. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah, so, uh, long story short, uh, Marvel just needed to do something different. So, um, uh, they brought in uh, a, a different writers and artists that, uh, some of them were actually working for DC. They just came off a big mm-hmm. successful successful run with DC. So, like, Jim Starlin, who was the main writer of this uh, Infinity Saga, um, and a couple other people I'm sure we'll talk about as we get deeper into the series. Uh, but, essentially... Um, uh, this uh, this storyline was uh, an attempt to kind of reset the Marvel Universe in a really weird way. Uh, it was an experiment. They were not expecting this to be successful. They were going to... Hmm. Uh, the initial plan was that they were going to try to reset some of the main characters that, you know, have been around forever. And also have a renewed focus on some newer characters. Uh, sci-fi was becoming a bigger influence in movies uh, and fantasy mm-hmm. as well. Uh, so, you know, they were thinking... Maybe Marvel should get more cosmic. So they started focusing a lot more on the Silver Surfer, for example, mm-hmm. and also other celestial entities. So um, to set up for the series, there was a, a few uh, series that happened before that, specifically with Silver Surfer and, of course, Thanos, uh, that led to this. And so we'll talk a bit about that as we get to mentions of it in the comic. But there was over two years of setup before this series was published. When the and this ser- came out in 1991, Correct. right? Uh, they cool. started the setup in 1988, just to kind of give you uh, the time nice. frame. Uh, now, obviously, this series was extremely successful and became kind of like a cultural, uh, a cultural thing in the in the time it was released. I remember posters of the Infinity Gauntlet in same record store that my grandfather uh, took to. I remember there was the Death of Superman posters. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 Spider-Man's black suit, right? And in the Infinity right. Gauntlet. Like, they were mm-hmm. all, like, equally iconic. And obviously, this helped, uh, gave way to what we got in the movies, eventually. Uh, so it's very influential. Mm-hmm. However, some of it has not aged well. And we'll talk about that. Uh, no. No, it has not. 
Okay. Uh, so that was really cool. I didn't realize that that much background went into it. Like there was all of this build up for it. Yeah. So for that's sure. awesome. Um, so do we want to get into real quick the behind the scenes? Let's like do it. as far as who did it? Okay. Uh, cause I've just got some quick, some quick notes here. So you mentioned Jim Starlin. He's the writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had been writing for Marvel Comics since 1972. Right. Uh, he is best known for his cosmic space opera stories. And he, he alone, he himself is credited with creating or co-creating 526 Marvel Comics characters. Yep. Including Thanos. Mm -hmm. So the story goes that he was taking a psychology class and was inspired to create a character based on the Freudian concept of Thanatos, which is the death drive. Freud Freud posits that everybody has uh, Eros and Thanatos, which would be the love drive of the life drive and the death drive. You have a a drive towards life affirming, healthy uh, things, and then really bad for you things. And that would be the death drive. And so Thanos is the death drive. Cool. Uh, so that's, that's, that's our writer. He's, he's doing very, very psychological cosmic shit. Um, and there are other people credited in this because of, of course, half of a comic book is the art, right? Right. So we have our penciler. I have learned that there is a role called a penciler. Absolutely. Uh, this is the artist who lays out the artwork, draws the the panels, what the characters look like, etc. And then after that person will come the inker who does all the lines, and then after them comes the colorists who who fill in with the color. And at the time that this comic book was being made, literally they're coloring it in like with paints and and pens and shit. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. this is literally being colored. There's no computers involved. And that'll become a factor in a minute. But our penciler is George Perez, uh, who had been drawing comics since the 70s. He started in Marvel Comics with the Fantastic Four and the Avengers. In the 80s, he started working with DC, uh, mm-hmm. where he drew, you know, New Teen Titans, Crisis on Infinite, Infinite Earths, you know, little things like that. <laughs> We've also got the guy who does the letters. That's Jack Morelli, who happens to be married to one of the colorists named Max Scheel. Max, a.k.a. Christie. Shield. Oh, cool. Yeah. So Christy Shield is actually a very successful landscape painter. Like that's her art. Oh. Is painting landscapes. Right. Uh, she was a colorist for Marvel and DC Comics uh, in the 80s and 90s. She used Max as a pseudonym at first in honor of uh, one of the letterers that she worked with named Dan Crespi, uh, who called her Max as a joke because she showed up with short hair one day. So super... Super feminist, their mm-hmm, actions mm-hmm. in the art studio, whatever. But in honor of Dan Crespi, uh, she wanted to use the name Max as a pseudonym. She only wanted to use it for a month after he passed away. Uh, but the editors at Marvel Comics didn't get that memo and just kept calling her Max after that. And so she's credited as Max Shield on this comic. And uh, ultimately, she ended up quitting comics uh, and went back to her landscapes because, A, she didn't like working with multiple artists, hmm. like other colorists. That was not her bag. And B, um, art coloring started moving into computers mm-hmm. and away from, like, the practical hand-drawn coloring that she was doing. So she was like, fuck it. I'm just going to go do my art somewhere else. Wow. I know. So this, you know... you. We talked about, you know, the movies and TV shows and stuff like that. There's a lot of artists and a lot of artist ego that goes into those productions. You're not getting away from it just because the story is in print now. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's still a thing in a big way because, you know, creatives. 
So, um, I don't have anything else before you want to get into the story. You want to get into the story? Let's get into it. Okay, so, (laughs) The Infinity Gauntlet, issue number one. The cover is spectacular. I love it. It's like, it shows you everything you need to know. There's Thanos' face and he's looking all evil. There's the gauntlet smack in the middle of the page, full of infinity stones. They're all there. This is not the, I I thought when we were going into this, this was going to be the Thanos hunting down the stones story. It's not. He's already got them. Ah, so let's talk about that. That's the first thing. So directly before this series came out, there was a special uh, two-part series to set up uh so actually let me go back a little bit further Thanos did some bullshit uh with uh a character named adam warlock which we'll talk more about i think probably next issue he gets Um, a brief mention in this one right he gets a brief mention in this one but we'll talk more about him when it becomes more of a thing uh but uh uh Thanos was killed Thanos got got uh, right. Yeah. Uh, and and that kind of sucked. So he was brought back to life <laughs> by this by this entity called Lady Death, and she was like, "Hey, so like I'm Death," and you know, in my opinion, there's too many, there's too much like life happening in this universe. So I need you to go ahead and figure out a way to murder like half the universe. Okay, thanks. Bye. And so then, is this what happened in this in the the comics leading up to this? Because yes. we see that conversation kind of like we get a recap of it. Yeah, we this. get a brief recap recap of oh, okay. it. Okay, gotcha. This first issue is like a quick recap of everything that's happened so far. Uh, oh wow! Okay, <laughs> essentially. Um, and so Thanos is like, okay, well, I'm going to stare at this pool of water and think about how hot and sexy you are because I love death. She's so hot, isn't she dreamy? She's so sexy. <laughs> Literally, what he what he does. And he looks right. into the pool of water. This pool is like all magical and shit and, and tells him about ancient untold powers. And is like, hey, uh, Thanos, there's these like infinity stones that you could you can get. And if you put it on this really cool glove that you'll find, you can become a god. And then you could, you know, do whatever the fuck you want. And he's like, that's what I'll do. Instead of listening to my uh, hopeful uh, girlfriend who doesn't even like right. me at all, uh, <laughs> um, I will collect all this power and become like a god to her, and then she'll love me. Right? Yeah, that's totally how In- that works. Instead of doing what she asked me to do, exactly. Such a fucking man thing to do. Right? Right? Jesus, fucking Thanos. And then that leads into this issue. Correct. Cool. Okay. Which explains why, uh, as soon as you open the cover, there we see Thanos power posing uh, on some space landscape while a magician jester of some kind, dressed all in red with crazy eyebrows, who's apparently named Mephisto, uh-huh. uh, is kissing Thanos's whole ass. Uh, and he says things that may sound familiar to those of you who have watched the movies. Uh, he says, my humble personage bows before your grandeur. I bask in the glory of your divine presence. It's word for word screenplay dialogue. Absolutely. So I'm thinking maybe we can retroactively go back and be like, hey, hey, writers of the Marvel movies, where'd you get your ideas? Oh, they, I mean, where'd they, you get your dialogue? Uh, I, I did double check this. Luckily, writers from the comics were credited in... Good. Uh, good. These good, different good. movies. So when they borrow stuff like that, they do appropriately credit. Uh, when we get back to the movies, there is one movie that did not do that that we're going to bitch about that we haven't talked about yet. Um, okay. Okay. So Mephisto. Steph, would you like to know about Mephisto? I would, but pause. Are you going to do a background on every single fucking rando we run into in this comic? Because only, it's going to be a three-hour episode. Only important ones. 
Okay, yeah. go on. There's some I'm, there's some I'm purposely uh, skipping because they get stabbed. Who fucking cares? Okay, right. but Mephisto's so. funny because Mephisto, <laughs> uh, Mephisto's first appearance was in Silver Surfer number three, 1968. He was created by Stan Lee and John Buscema. I'm so sorry I mispronounced your name, sir. Um, he is based on the devil Faust legend of old. Uh, but he's mm-hmm. not actually Satan. You know that, that he's a cosmic being. He's a messy bitch. Let's just be honest. He's just, oh my god, he totally is <laughs> from he, this comic. Yeah, he shows up. He's dressed in all red. He has crazy ass fucking hair. Sometimes he wore nothing but a red thong and a cape. Which nice. He has That's the buns. He has the buns for it. Why not? Rocket. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. This is the character that uh uh toxic fanboys constantly believe. Oh. This character must be Mephisto. I think Mephisto's right. showing up in WandaVision. Oh, he's going to be in Doctor Strange. Like, I don't know why. Because he's not that great of a... I mean, in my opinion, he's not that interesting of a character. He shows up. He causes a bunch of shit. He double-crosses everybody all the fucking time because he can't help himself. And mm-hmm. he just fucks everything up and and then gets defeated and moves on. Okay. I mean, here he's just got his tongue all the way up Thanos' anus. Oh, yeah, because um, so, he, he likes to stir the pot. So if there's an opportunity to, like, say, uh, destroy half the universe, Mephisto's like, that sounds like a great party. I want to be standing next to the guy who's doing that, not in front of him. Right. Uh, and I think that's legit. So Mephisto is here just just licking the whole bottom of Thanos' boots. Uh, and Thanos is like, well, you shut the fuck up. I'm about to flex and destroy some fucking rocks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And because Mephisto was like, you're like a god. And Thanos is like, no, 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 no. I'm not a god. I'm a the god. Oh, my God, girl. I'm the goddess of gods. <sighs> Speaking of which, uh, so uh-huh. the, the 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 second page where it has this big uh, image of the word god in, in yeah. rock. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then Thanos destroys it. Yeah, uh, the very subtle, very subtle. Yeah, yeah. the Seven Hundred Club <gasps> did a whole shit fit in the early nineties about this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck, Evangelist, man. They were they were like, this is proof that comic books are evil. They are trying to destroy God, and it didn't help that I believe it was uh, I forget which of the artists uh, said it, but they. Uh, one of the artists uh, was uh, interviewed in Marvel uh, magazine at the time. Uh, you know, they were asked, "How did you come up with the idea for the series?" And they were like, "Well, I grew up Catholic, and I was raised under the idea that God is benevolent and nice and wonderful and all this kind of stuff. But what if God wasn't?" <laughs> and that's where they came up with the idea for the for this uh, for the Infinity Gauntlet. So. They, cool. they took that quote, they took these images, and it made a whole fucking thing about it. Something, Absolutely. Something really funny that I found um, uh, later, uh, during uh, their uh, breakdown, in, uh, in gun, I'm talking about Guns N' Roses, during their complete breakdown, they- What? Had- what? Okay. <laughs> you started a sentence during their breakdown. I think we're still talking about the 700 Club, and then you casually throw out, no, we're talking about Guns N' Roses. Let's talk about Guns anyway. N' Roses real quick. Uh, My God, you have got to transition better from the 700 Club to Guns N' Roses. <laughs> there is no transition to that. <laughs> right, but you at least need to announce it so I don't smack my head into it like a low doorway. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm sorry. Steph, I'm changing subjects just really quick. Just to okay. bring another factoid. Uh, Go on. So uh, uh, Guns N' Roses were having some issues, and they were, I guess, making the Spaghetti Incident album, whatever. The- oh, fuck that fucking album. Yeah, yeah. That that album is the sound of a band breaking up. Yeah. and That's what it is. And Axl Rose, who is at this point is high as a kite all the fucking time. Oh, yeah. 
and yep. is like, hey, what? Because uh, the band bands were fighting. He's like, I bet I have some new songs too. Let's let's play at the Whiskey a Go Go and preview some of them. Of course, it never happens because they get broken up. But he had somebody make art for the shows, and they had uh, a, a complete remake of this god image mm-hmm. uh, from the comic book, except it said Axel Rose. Oh my god! And then, and then, in, in the in the stone the stone things in the corner where they have the names of the writers, they have the names of the other bandmates and guns and Guns and Roses. So oh, imagine. God. So it's like Axel Rose slash Duff McKagan. Yes, <laughs> all in the corner. Oh my god! That's how toxic that band was. But yeah, fun fact: there's flyers you can find that have this same exact artwork. Yeah, Axel Rose was a raging asshole. <laughs> he on was. A whole lot of drugs, <laughs> just saying, but like. He was a raging asshole before the drugs, just so we're clear. Oh, absolutely. You know what? This is not Guns N' Roses Divas, and um, though it could be because I was that bitch back in the day, but you know what? Let's focus. Uh-huh. Let's yeah. go back to Marvel. Anyway, so yeah, uh, uh, Thanos is about to flex. Right. And so he like blows up some shit. Anyway, cut to, segue, turn the page, Doctor Strange at the Sanctum Sanctorum. Uh, and he's hanging out. He's, uh, you know, reading a giant book floating like you do when you're the Sorcerer Supreme. And Wong walks in. How about that artwork, huh? <sighs> Look, okay. So Wong is is bald and Asian, which is an image that I, I am accustomed to. Right. But, and I think we can firmly lay this at the feet of Max Shield, the colorist. He's literally yellow. Yeah. The Asian character, the only one, is yellow. Yeah. Like almost fucking Simpsons yellow. Yeah. Wow. This is why I don't give a fuck about comic book factoids, what happened, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Like, look, we, we, we've said before context is important. I know this is early 90s. Chris, it's early 90s. It, we, we so? Thought, we thought all Asian people were yellow back then. No. No, we, we, did, no, not. we did not. No, we fucking did not. No, we did not. Racists did. Being racist, racist, whether it's the 21st century, the 15th century, the turn of the millennium, whatever. It's still it's always racism. fucking wrong. Yep. And it's not just that he's yellow. It's also that he constantly is referring to Doctor Strange as master. So there's that as well. Yeah. Like the dy- the power dynamic, it's very much a servant dynamic. And he's yellow. And he's like serving him tea and shit. It's bad. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, they're chit-chatting about sorcerer shit. And when all of a sudden, there's an almighty crash elsewhere in the Sanctum Sanctorum, they go to investigate, and the Silver Surfer has crashed through the roof. Yeah. The Silver Surfer, if uh, if your experience with this character, like me, is limited to a bad movie, <laughs> then his presence here is a little baffling. Uh, uh, but if you, like me, played in... Uh, uh, sweaty arcades, and you, <laughs> and you and you play the old arcade games that Marvel tried to put out. Uh, you know the Silver Surfer, because that's where I remember him. I met Silver Surfer in the eighties playing arcade games. Uh, but oh. Silver Surfer did make his first appearance in the Fantastic Four number forty-eight in March nineteen sixty-six. He's an old character. I had no idea he yeah. was that old. Um, he was created by Jack Kirby. Silver Surfer was seeing a major uh, resurgence in the eighties. He he, uh, Marvel because of the cosmic shit, right? Because the cosmic shit, Marvel was trying to focus more on cosmic stuff, and so so he's a cosmic character. Silver Surfer was getting very, very, very popular. There was a very successful video game featuring him. Uh, Toys of him were selling like crazy. 
they had to somehow try to figure out a way to include him uh, on this new initiative because he was just getting that much more popular. Well, and here he is uh, in all of his entirely silver, genital-free, naked glory, uh, crashed out on the... Stop staring at his crotch. He's like a Ken doll. He's yeah. a Ken doll. Yeah. And, I'm and that's like, unfortunate because he's built like a brick shit house otherwise. And I'm like, Celestials, come on, y'all. Uh, come on. Everybody, come on. Everybody needs to get laid. And no, you don't need to uh, have genitalia to have amazing, intimate, sexy times. Um, but it sure helps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, so the Silver Surfer uh, is there uh, having crashed through the roof in a manner very similar to uh, what Bruce Banner did in mm-hmm. the properties we don't discuss. Uh, and he's there to warn Doctor Strange. He says his arrival could herald the end of the universe. Thanos is coming. Whoa. Whoa. So we get a quick. This is where we get the recap, right? Uh, yeah. It's the Thanos backstory. It's the recap of those issues you were talking about. Uh, you thought Thanos was dead, but no. Death is annoyed that there are more people alive today than there were have, that have ever died. It's an imbalance. So she hauls Thanos out of death mothballs uh, and tells him to go kill half of the sentient life in the universe. Le gasp. I will say, on the page that describes this whole backstory, we do see death. And I do appreciate that Lady Death is, in this case, being depicted as just a skeleton in a robe. Yeah. And and the artist resisted the urge to put boobs on the skeleton so we know it's a girl. <laughs> and I appreciate that. Look, when I become a lich, I want her throne. Yeah, it's a good throne. Yeah, it's a great throne. It is it's just a pile of skulls with a chair on top. That's awesome. And and I admire the aesthetic. Like that's commitment. And I've got to wonder, are they other people's skulls or are they just like plaster casts of her own skull? Ooh, why not both? Porque no los dos. Okay. So <laughs> Meanwhile, back to Thanos. He is monologuing at Mephisto, Mephisto with his red jammies and his eyebrows. Uh, and he's all blah, blah, blah. I'm omnipotent. Blah, blah, blah. I got so much power. Blah, blah, blah. I can do whatever I want. Do you hear me, Mephisto? I am supreme. And he like gets right in Mephisto's face. And Mephisto literally goes, uh huh. Most definitely. Yeah. Uh, Mephisto <laughs> is like, uh, he's both kissing his ass and making fun of him at the same time. Right, exactly. And so this is where I would like to introduce a new counter to the show. Uh-oh. The Mephisto is a shady bitch counter. Absolutely. So, ding! <laughs> Mephisto being a shady bitch. <laughs> like, you sure are. You're super supreme. Anyway. Uh, so then we cut back to the Silver Surfer. He is still telling the story because there's more to tell. Um, he lets Dr. Strange know that Thanos got all the fucking stones. Um, it says in my notes in all caps, it's not important how we get one panel on this and we move on. Let's just move on. Yeah. But the Silver Surfer sums up the whole problem here by saying no longer do the laws of nature bind him his will can bend the very fabric of reality he is all and all there is is now his to command thanos is now mightier than death herself more powerful than any force in the universe and like you have to read it at that level of drama or it sounds dumb Like, you gotta commit in your mental voice. You have to commit, or it sounds like they're mocking themselves. Like, if you want to go back through that in my normal mental voice, it's like, no longer do the laws of nature bind him. 
his will can bend the very fabric of reality. Like, I can't not mock it. So I have to go to, like, Shakespearean soliloquy mental space in order to to be in the story without but, mocking But it. I think that's what they're going for. I, I think Yeah, absolutely. I have to picture that this version of Thanos it basically wants to be in a Shakespeare play so bad. He did Summerstock once, and now he like lives there. Yeah, like he can't he can't let it go. Remember that one summer I was in Hamlet. Like Thanos, we understand. Why don't you just yeah. snap, snap your fingers and go back there? Um, yeah, could you just? Hey, uh, really quick, let's talk about the Infinity Gems because we never talked about them. They're not stones; they're gems, huh? huh? Oh, they're huh? gems here. Yeah. Oh, okay. Originally, they were referred to as Soul Gems. Uh, they made their first appearance in uh, Marvel Premiere Number One, which was like a magazine uh, Marvel like one off thing. April 1972, they make reoccurring appearances. Captain Marvel had to deal with them, had to deal with mm-hmm. the Mind Gem when it made its appearance in November 1975. Power and Time Gems uh, made their appearance in Marvel Team Up, team up which was uh, a crossover with uh, Doctor Strange, Silver Surfer, mm-hmm. and a few other people in March 1977. And then finally, all six gems made their appearance in 1977 when... Thanos showed up to try to fuck with the Avengers, and the Avengers were like, bitch, goodbye. Thanos didn't have a way to harness all the gems at the same time at this point, uh-huh. and he got shunted back into the cosmos, where then later he was fucked over by Adam Warlock. Nice. And he died. So, But now he's got a big, gaudy, golden glove. Sure. Uh, that will harness all of the energy. And the panel where this is being described is legitimately very cool. Yes. Like... It's got, like, dinosaurs having their skeletons ripped out and, like, upside-down cities and shit. It's dope. Yeah. That's a really cool panel. Uh, In response to all of this, Doctor Strange gives the Doctor Strange version of, whoa, we are fucked. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Steven. Thanks. And then you turn the page and we cut to a random story about three criminals. This is what comic books do. Uh, this is what my friend told me about. Like the transition is turning the page. You turn the page, and you could potentially be in a completely different scene or setting. Uh, this confused the fuck out of me. I had to keep going girl, back and be like, "What?" So there's three random people: a girl, a guy, and another guy who's slightly older looking. And yeah. um, Stephanie, I'm sure you appreciated the fact that the woman who is dressed in a hot pink dress that's kind of showing off her body a little bit it's called a bimbo how do you feel about that yeah yeah i like that that was great uh let's refer to the to the woman as a bimbo and this the guy who calls her a bimbo also calls the other guy fats yeah so this is a super it's just i love these people they're great i was really sorry when they died in a fiery car crash before the end of the page so yeah so yeah these three people are like uh we gotta go the police are like in the area so we need to leave now and for whatever reason they drive off the side of a road and crash and die sure okay and this was so jarring and so confusing like i legitimately i'm paging back and forth i'm like what did i miss who the fuck are these people like what what is going on here and there's like a, a narrator voice on the scene that is just like a hand holding a cigar and so i don't i just I, who the fuck, what the fuck, what is this? We don't know. Turn the page and we're back to Doctor Strange, I guess? Yeah, we'll have to keep reading, dear list- dear reader. <laughs> I guess. No, surely they will explain what the fuck is going on by the end of this issue. No. <laughs> surely they'll clear it up. God no, no. Anyway, um, so back to Doctor Strange. Silver Surfer has more to talk about. Apparently Thanos tortured both Silver Surfer and Drax the Destroyer. Yep. Sure. Use the Soul Stone to banish their spirits or something? Uh yeah, uh to kill them. They were they were killed. They were murdered. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Sure. Yeah. I assume this happened also in the, the prequel uh, you're correct, issues. Correct, correct. Okay. Uh, so they woke up in like the metaphysical world of the Soul Gem, which is a place that is run by Adam Warlock. And listeners, if you, like me, have the extent of your Adam Warlock experience, a movie that recently came out, this is very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> because that character maybe shouldn't be in charge of anything anytime ever. <laughs> uh, right. Well, two very different uh, interpretations of Adam Warlock, let me say. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. There's one like, I definitely prefer right now. <laughs> um, it says in my notes, this is legit trippy and I don't get it, but okay. <laughs> so, <Aww. laughs> I it's barely true. got lost here. Yes, yeah, so Ultimately, inside, inside every yeah, gem, there's a there's a demi plane essentially a, oh, re- okay. a, a realm, and the soul realm is uh, one of the largest, most powerful. And Adam Warlock, who was also recently murdered by uh, I think Thanos too, um, he fucked. Uh, he became one with the soul gem, and his spirit is now within it. And uh, he also can control some of its power from within. That's how he murdered Thanos back. He's like, aha, bitch, you thought you killed me, but now I'm the soul gem. So I'm going to con- okay. consume your soul now, too. Nice. Um, in this realm, I couldn't help but notice a wide variety of beings dwell, including one who appears to be a, a large walnut. <laughs> With four arms. <laughs> With, yeah. <laughs> like, I couldn't tell if that was like a Modoc type of character. I don't or not, know. But, you I know. don't know what's happening. Yeah. Ultimately, Adam Warlock casts a spell that sends the Silver Surfer and Drax back into bodies, I guess. Correct. Anyway, that's why the Silver Surfer is here now to warn the Sorcerer Supreme that this is all going down. Nice. Cool. So we turn the page and cut to Mephisto and Thanos go to visit Lady Death. And Thanos is like, hey, babe, I'm so sorry I went and got all the infinity gems or whatever. Oh, um, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but there's one thing oh, we God. missed that was really funny to me. Oh, um, okay, go ahead. Uh, yeah, so Silver Surfer does tell Steven, so the reason why I know all this, because while I was trying to journey back to figure out what to do next, Mephisto shows up and told me, oh. told me everything. Oh, yeah, that's right. Told me that Thanos was going to do all this shit, so... Ding on the double cross. <laughs> double cross and Mephisto is a shady bitch. <laughs> Two dings. <laughs> Real quick. So that's why Silver Surfer knows what's about to happen. Right. Or, Not just what happened up to the point where he got killed, but what Thanos' continuing plans are. Right. Legitimate point. Very nice, Heather. Um, so, yeah, Death, though, uh, is not having any of Thanos' apologies nope. and is giving him a full-on silent treatment. And Mephisto is literally like, oh, dude, she should not treat you like that. Ding, Mephisto's a shady bitch. Like, that's just this whole comic. I know. I love it. Is Mephisto literally just being shady? But we cut away from that to go back to the car wreck? Yeah. Yeah. The car is uh, smoldering, flaming heap. Everybody's dead. And then suddenly there are are three spirits that fly down and blast of magic. And suddenly these three people are moving. Yeah, they're zombies now. We have zombies. Yeah, zombies. Okay. Uh, I did have a, a legit LOL moment, though, <laughs> because, like, there's the the sexist fat shaming dude. He gets up. He's not in terrible shape. The girl's not in terrible shape. But then you hear, this body is dead. <laughs> you know, and it says, and it's been charbroiled. So the third guy is just burned to a crisp. Yeah. And the spirit that is now inhabiting that body is pissed. I think that if, if you're if you're trying to possess bodies and whatnot, I think there are better ways to do it than a car wreck. <laughs> I, you know, whatever. 
But who did this? Who are these spirits? Who put them in here? We don't fucking know. But the three zombies go to check into a motel so they can finish their metamorphosis, whatever the fuck that is. Uh, the girl is starting to turn green. Sure, why not? Uh, one of the guys says, you know what? You guys will hang out. I'm going to go do my metamorphosis thing. Okay. Okay, sure. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Maybe someone will explain it. <laughs> Well, Stephanie in Marvel issue four. Exactly. Exactly. Someone out there right now is like, oh my God, that's so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so. Obviously. Sure. Great. I don't know. I just, I'm not that bitch. You want to know about Guns N' Roses? I got your Guns N' Roses trivia right here. Welcome to the jungle. <laughs> I know when Izzy Stradlin left the band. What? Anyway. <laughs> Meanwhile, Mephisto is watching Thanos flail and grovel, trying to apologize to death. And Mephisto is thinking, literally, this is a quote, is he incapable of managing the forces now under his command? Or will his fragile heart be his undoing? And I think that is Mephisto-ese for, oh, girl, this is so embarrassing for you. This is, um, if if you happen to say at the gay bars past 2 a.m., <laughs> There's always that one guy begging the other guy, please go home with me. That's what this is right now. Like, Thanos is begging Lady Death, please love me. Please pay attention to me. I promise I'm evil. (laughs) Mephisto's the judgy bartender who's watching this go down. Exactly. Oh, God, God, why? Have some dignity. (laughs) My God. So, Death is like, more silent treatment, more silent treatment, and walks away. There's a random zombie guy there. Yeah who I'm guessing is like Death's assistant. Yeah, yeah, vir- uh, you know, virtual assistant, whatever. Sure. <laughs> anyway, the zombie guy to Thanos is like, you know, you try too hard. Also, right now, because of your fucking glove, you're stronger than her, so she's your slave, so of course she's pissed at you. Yeah. Oh. But Thanos is like, no, 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 I worship her. And the zombie's like, stop worshiping her, that's fucking weird. And Thanos is like, no, you're wrong. She deserves to be worshipped. I'm going to build her a shrine and I'm going to make it out of skulls. Dead bitches love skulls. Literally, this is, again, the gay bar 2 a.m. version of, I'll let you drive in my Tesla. Well, I'll take you out to brunch the next day. Nice. This is legitimately my favorite panel in the entire comic right here. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Where Thanos presents Lady Death with this gaudy as fuck, hot topic, fever dream of a shrine made out of skulls and her face. Both her human face, because she's got a human face now, by the way, yeah. under her robe, and also boobs. Of so course. now that she has now that she has flesh, she can have boobs. Um, but like it's got her human face and her skull face. It's floating in the cosmos, like you do. And Thanos is at the top of this. A magnificent staircase, literally posing like a Price is Right model. <laughs> like, ta-da! Here's your new shrine! <laughs> right? It's... And then he puts these two gold chairs up that do not match the right! decor at all. At all! Like, we're going for a really stark monochromatic effect here, and he's like, gold chairs. So, like, you're broken up with for the chairs alone, dude. And this tell right? This tells me Thanos has no gay friends. <laughs> well, Mephisto's right there, but he's not helping. Um, also, my mind went to, so where is the kitchen? The bathroom? Hmm? Bedroom? Look, hmm? I don't think Lady Death has a lot of bodily function needs. But you're just, if you're going to build a shrine, you just, you know. What it, it's you, a shrine, not a condo. 
Yeah, but if people are going to come visit, like, they have to go really far. It's like, I have to pee, Lady Death. Sorry, is there you know a place what? I can go? Thanos didn't think that far. No, he obviously thought skulls, not. skulls, skulls, more skulls. Bitches love skulls. He did not think plumbing. Men. Okay. Men. Men. Anyway, he's like, ta-da, I made these gaudy thrones in this fucking awful shrine. Come and sit with me and be my queen. And Death literally just turns around and walks away. And <laughs> Thanos is like, what the fuck? And Mephisto's like, hey, so I'm like a devil over your shoulder right now. And I want to point out that maybe the problem is you're not being evil enough. Oh, what a messy bitch. I know. Ding. Again, Mephisto's a shady bitch. Just that ding, that counter is broken. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For this issue. And Thanos is like, what the fuck do you mean I'm not evil enough? And he says, quote, did I not butcher the woman who gave me birth, who force fed me into this hell called life? And like, I hashtag felt, relatable. Uh, right? I was like, <laughs> I've never felt so seen before by Thanos. Wow. Minus the murder part. Yeah. Min- yeah. Minus the, the murdering part. Anyway. Blah, blah, blah. I'm so evil. Blah, blah, blah. And Mephisto's like, girl, I know. Okay. I totally know. I get it. But I'm not the one that you need to prove it to. Bitch. (laughs) I know. Again, ding, shady bitch. So Thanos is like, okay, fine. And y'all, okay. I'm speeding through this and I'm, and I'm summarizing, but this is legitimately the tone. All of this. Mm. This is how the conversation's going. It's just in Shakespeare's. But okay, Thanos is like, you know what? Fine, fine. I will prove how evil I am by summoning the tormented zombie corpse of my granddaughter, Nebula. Yay. What What is happening? (laughs) I don't understand. And he's like, here she is. And she looks like shit. Like this is this is a zombie. It's like dripping with horrific pustules and shit. Got a ripped up pink dress on because she's a girl. Obviously, it's a pink dress. Um, And he's like, look, look how cool I am, Death. Look, are you looking? Look, Death, I'm cool. I abused my grandchildren. I know. (laughs) Like he's bragging about all of this horrific abuse that he piled on Nebula. Death is like, eh, and walks away. She still hasn't said a word to him. Silent fucking treatment. And the zombie guy is like, see, you try too hard. She's not impressed because you're so braggy and everything. And Thanos explodes him. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I want to read a quote by Jim uh, Jim Starlin real quick. Okay, um, do. Uh, so uh, he did start writing for Thanos, but then he left, right? He went to DC and came back. So uh-huh. uh, he said, it really bothered me that after I left Marvel, Thanos was dropping progeny all over the place <laughs> and he was abusive to them. So my annoyance with the whole concept of his offspring got taken out on Nebula. Thanos (laughs) Thanos burns her and she's horribly scarred. She's treated very badly in the book. Years later, when I met uh, uh, Karen Gillan, I even apologized to her for treating Nebula so badly. (laughs) Okay, so like you purge all of your bad feelings about all of this abuse by concentrating it all on one character? Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Men. 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 That's the anyway. theme of this uh, comic book series, by the way. It's fucking yeah. men. Yeah. So Mephisto, after Thanos explodes, his girlfriend's assistant. <laughs> and Mephisto's like, hey, so maybe it's not something that you do. Maybe it's something you haven't done. That's the problem here. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Remember that thing that you told your wannabe girlfriend that you were going to do in the first fucking right. place? The, the thing that she brought you back to life for, that thing? That thing, maybe you should do that. And Thanos is like, oh, yeah. 
I should go kill half of everybody. That's that thing that she wanted me to do. Cool. So (laughs) Mephisto has the gall to stare in shock as Thanos starts to do the snap and say, he's really going to do it. Yes, bitch, you just goaded him into it. Like, (laughs) what did you think would happen? I remember being a kid. Okay, so I was at Disneyland with my cousin, and he bought a balloon. And I was like, (laughs) how fucking crazy would it be if you just let go of that balloon right now? And he's like, but I don't want to. We're little kids, right? I don't want to. I'm like, just do it. Do it. Do it. And then he lets go. And I'm like, and it flies oh my away. fucking god, you actually did it. And then he's <laughs> looking up and do he's it. looking up at the balloon flying away. He's like, I'm never getting that balloon back. And he starts crying. Yeah. That's what this was like. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I think every little kid has to have the let go of a helium balloon experience. I hate just that. Once. Oh, it made me so yeah. sad for him. Kind of. Well, but you did it. <laughs> I still did it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> You're a terrible person. Okay. So yeah, that's Mephisto is watching Thanos let go of a balloon right now. But instead of letting go of a balloon, Thanos is snapping his fingers and boom, we have done the snap. We know what the snap is. It's the snap. He's getting rid of half of all life. All in life. The universe. Cut to Spider-Man. Uh, hi, Peter. Hi. What's up? Spidey. He's webbing around New York City. He's like, I'm going to clock out after a long day of being a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. All of a sudden, he gets hit with a super intense Spidey sense attack. Yeah, so much so he has to hang out outside a building to stop moving and be like, what the fuck's going on? Right. He's like perched over Times Square. And while he's recovering from this vertigo, um, I do notice this the panel where he's like swinging around and stuff. It's a cityscape. That looks like the biggest pain in the ass to color. Absolutely. Because there's like 9 million windows. And I think you can tell how big a pain in the ass it was. Because by the time you get to the bottom of the page, there's a crowd scene in Times Square. None of the people are colored in. They are all black and white. <laughs> like The colorist was like, that is the mood. We move on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, real real quick. I, that's where I'm going to mention. Um, they were on a super tight deadline to finish uh-huh. these comics. Uh, several times they had to pull what were called all-nighters, which is where... Mm-hmm. Uh, an artist gets paid time and a half, but they would have to work 24 hours straight to get it done. Uh, nice. So throughout the series, there are going to be random panels where they take some liberties and call it artistic, but they were really just cutting corners. Yeah, they just literally didn't color these people right. in. Right. That's yeah, an example. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. You just had to color 900 windows. It's okay. <laughs> so Peter, he's got the vertigo. He's perched over Times Square. And we get some inner monologue for him, some reflective inner monologue. And he says, why couldn't I have kept my eyes shut just a few seconds longer? But I didn't. So I ended up witnessing a sight that I'm sure will haunt my dreams for years to come. Because poof, half the people in Times Square disappeared. And at first he thought he was hallucinating, but then a lady starts screaming that her baby has disappeared out of her stroller. That's nice. Yay. And so Peter's like, holy shit, is this just happening in Times Square? Is it all over the city? Oh no, Mary Jane. And he webs away. Cool. Yep. Bye, Mary. He needs to go make sure, he needs to go make sure his girl still exists. Bye, MJ. Goodbye. (laughs) Yeah. Well, possibly. Uh, Then we cut to Captain America. Who's on Avengers Campus. Yeah, you can tell it's the Avengers HQ because the entire front facade of the building is a big A. Yeah. Uh, can we uh, thank the uh, artists real quick? Sure. There was a panel the, I may for, have. Uh, for the ass. <laughs> there was a panel I stared at for a long time. I'm like, Steve got back in this one too. Yeah. But no, a, America's ass. But is a bigger real. battle. But like, like, I could put a whole shelf of drinks on that ass. Yep. Thank you. Congratulations. 
Thank you, George Perez, for that one. <laughs> for level- lovingly crafting the backside of Captain America. Appreciate you. Anyway, <clears throat> so Steve's walking through Avengers HQ. And at first, I think he's walking past like weirdly smiling crowds. Because there's nothing to indicate that these people aren't standing there. Yep. But then I realized, no, that they're, they're portraits. Uh, they're it's portraits. portraits of the... It's a bunch of the Avengers that I can recognize, and also Beast from the X Men. Yeah, because he was in the Avengers. At oh, this okay. Point. Yeah, did not know that. Yeah, it happened. All right. The Avengers are just very <laughs> slutty. Like you, you come in, you come out. You know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Steve finally gets. He's like working late or something. He gets to where he finds uh, Cersei is on monitoring duty. Cersei, we're gonna one skip, of the Eternals. We're gonna skip that. I'm just saying that is an eternal creature, and she's on monitoring duty yeah. at Avengers HQ. Look, cool. she just needs she's, a, she she she's old. She just wants to chill out sometimes. Just stare at some screens for a while and hang out with Hawkeye, yeah. who's also there. And look, I get that this is actually the source material, but this feels like fan fiction, right? <laughs> it's like Cersei and Hawkeye are hanging out at Avengers HQ. Oh, sure they are. Do they bone later? In my head, can they do? Absolutely, all three of them. Um, yeah. But not in this comic because uh, Cersei and Hawkeye suddenly disappear right in front of Cap. And Cap says, there was absolutely nothing I could do. Nothing at all. They were gone. I felt so helpless and scared because deep down inside I knew this was only the beginning. Dun, dun, dun. And I stan uh, a Captain America that admits when he's scared. I do too. Makes and that ass so much nicer. The, right. <laughs> I want I want to comfort his butt. <laughs> you know, just anyway. Meanwhile, in space, are we in space? We're in space in a giant whale, uh, iron whale thing. It looks like Monstro from Pinocchio. It does. It does look like Monstro. You're right. Um, and it also has propellers that are spinning in space for some reason. Sure. Well, it's so it cool. can stay up in the sky. In space, yeah. where there's no air. Right. And gravity. Yeah, okay. Right. Anyway, so uh, David Hasselhoff with an eye patch is there. Look, I'm I'm happy that um, white people get representation finally. <laughs> <laughs> the only non-white people we've seen so far are Wong, who is literally yellow, the Silver Surfer, who's not human, uh, and Meph- the Walnut. fucking Thanos and Meph- is purple. Mephisto, who's red. Yeah. No, Mephisto's still got white skin. Oh, he's peak. <laughs> sure. Anyway, so yeah, that's Nick Fury. It's Nick Fury. But he is drawn like fucking David Hasselhoff with an eye patch. And that tracks with the times. Yeah. This was peak Hasselhoff era. Yeah, Baywatch, maybe. Yeah, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, in his own internal monologue, he describes himself as the chief honcho of S.H.I.E.L.D. Sure is. Sure. Anyway, he's on the phone with the president. He's like, yep, yep, we're looking into it. Half of everybody disappeared. We can't figure it out, which you should be frightened of because we're S.H.I.E.L.D. We know everything. Cool. We cut to the Hulk. In in his come fuck me outfit, apparently. Right? <laughs> Thank you! <laughs> Holy shit! Y'all, the Hulk is wearing skin-tight hussy red pants. A matching button-down shirt that is completely open and tucked into his big black leather belt. He looks like he put on half of a sexy Santa costume and went cruising the bar scene. And I'm here for it. I yes, I, cel- I, I celebrate this. your journey. 
<laughs> I love this for him. Unfortunately, though, he was interrupted by the snap. So no bomb chicka bomb bomb yeah, for like, sexy like, Santa yeah, Hulk. That's what I had canon was like he was hitting on a bunch of people because it's going to be a group of people, not just one. And they all got right. snapped. And he's like, fuck. Because well, they have to join hands to get all the way around it. Right. <laughs> anyway, the Hulk is pissed. The news broadcast on the TV is talking about and it's confirming that humans are not the only ones who disappeared animals too and that people are reporting that their pets disappeared which like what the fuck never even thought about that before like that's awful um and this hulk though um can he throws a beer at the tv and breaks it but he can talk right so this is a smart hulk yeah yeah but he's not that smart because he immediately comes to the conclusion that the abomination is responsible for this well sure sure always i think he just wants to go bang the abomination i think they should and and i look forward to that issue he's in the outfit for it <laughs> right <laughs> good for him okay so we cut to space where empress sybil of the scroll empire is for only half the page or so we really don't linger on this uh apparently because this is to confirm that the phenomenon is galaxy-wide yeah so the scrolls are like half of everybody disappeared obviously it was the kree uh, so I asked my okay. friend about this. I was like, okay, so what's this deal? And it's like, so the Kree and the Skull go to war all the time. In fact, mm. if a fly flew into the room and died, the Empress would have been like, it was it was the Kree. Let's go to war. So it's Right. Whatever. This is some hair trigger shit. Yeah. And I thought actually found this really interesting because I had never really thought before, um, like when we went through the MCU, that the entire galaxy did not get the Thanos fucking did this memo right, right. away. So absolutely the the incident of the snap would spark off wars across the galaxy because so many civilizations would assume that their enemy civilization fucking did it yep so that's cool i like that but we don't linger in that moment we go back to dr strange yeah where unfortunately silver surfer is sensing the universe is in complete disarray he can feel yeah, all the death all of He's doing his Obi-Wan Kenobi thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, a million voices cried out at once, only it's billions and billions. Yeah. yeah. And he just can't take it. And Doctor Strange, uh, just like in the movies, is uh, not great at comforting. Uh, no, he's not. <laughs> um, because right then, Strange is getting what he describes as a sense of great unease. Um, and then Wong disappears. So... Goodbye, racist coloring job. Appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, and also the only non-white character in the book is gone. So, uh, no, Silver Surfer's still there. He's oh, silver. human. I'm sorry. I should qualify my yeah. words. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that was nice for representation. Thanks, early '90s comic book. Okay, we're done though. Yeah, that's out of the that's out of the first issue. Anyway, so Silver Surfer is having a big ass freak out. Strange is being so comforting. He's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And the Silver Surfer is like, "They are part of death now." He collapses. Good God, <laughs> drama. So then I get confused again. It's not quite as confusing as the people having a car crash, but it's close. We're on Saturn's moon, Titan. Yep. Cool. Who the fuck are these people? Other Titans, just like Thanos. These are these oh, are okay. uh, TLDR. Thanos is the mad one. Yeah, these are the. Oh. Uh, there's the hot one. Literally, he's on fire. Uh, right, Eros. You've heard that before. That's Thanos' son. Apparently, that will get revealed much later in a comic book series. Oh. Uh, but okay. yeah, these are other Titans, and apparently, they like Alf. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because Drax the Destroyer is in the background watching Alf on a screen. Love it. Love that for his dream. It, I mean, I loved okay. Alf too. You know. 
Well, yeah, absolutely. We all watched Elf. But goddamn. Anyway, apparently Drax, like while Silver Surfer was going off to go warn Doctor Strange and stuff, Drax came here. Yeah, Drax. To warn them yeah. about Thanos. Um, so they're all having a meeting. Um, Eros is, I, I, I guess he's related to Thanos, which makes sense because of the whole Freud thing. Uh, he has bright red Wolverine hair. Yep. So that's fun. He wants to rally all of the Titans together to fight the evil of Thanos, but his father disappears in mid-conversation. So I'm guessing he's not actually Thanos' son, or maybe it's an adoption thing. I don't we care. Don't I don't care. <laughs> Drax immediately pops off and attacks the Fire Lord guy and assumes he did it. But then a robot man's face appears on the screen. His name is apparently Isaac. Mm-hmm. And Isaac is reporting that the disappearance is a planet-wide phenomenon. Half the population is gone. And they all realize, in dramatic fashion, they say, Thanos, Thanos, Thanos. And we get actually a really cool panel of, like, Thanos' evil grin. And, like, there's all these planets and stuff. It's really cool. And that's a very cool moment where, like... The the comic is like zeroing in on the core plot here. It's Thanos. Thanos did this. Surely we will not end this issue in a confusing random scene of some kind. Anyway, we go to a confusing random scene of some kind where we're back God at the hotel it. with these three random zombie people. Uh, right. The burned guy is no longer burned. He has his. He's actually looking great. His arms are back and everything. He's smoking a cigar, mm-hmm. so he's fucking up his health already. He's standing <laughs> there in a towel. Yeah. Like you do. There's a green girl sitting on a bed. She's all in a towel. She's all like pin-up posing and talking about how much she loves sewing. Yeah. Love that. Anyway, uh, a, a, a guy smoking a cigar says, wow, I've missed having a body. I missed this reality, blah, blah, blah. And then suddenly, green girl vanishes. And he's like, holy fucking shit. Fucking disappears. And I love burned guy. Um, he's not burned anymore, but that's what I'm gonna call him because I don't know his name. We don't know anybody's name yet. But I love him because he, he says in his in narration monologue, he says, of course, I kept my head on straight and didn't panic. Meanwhile, in the, in the panel, he runs screaming for help. Help! <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh my God. And he runs into another room in the hotel suite, uh, where there is a man-sized cocoon. Yep. I think. And, on the bed? And this, uh, there, now we have one hint of who that could be. Do we? There's only one character who has a gross-ass cocoon like that when they need to restore their power. That's Adam Warlock. Uh, and if you were like a hundred-year-old comic book reader, you would know that. But we don't because we're not. So, yeah, that's supposed to be the giveaway. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> anyway, burn guys like Fat Law to help you're going to be... Boom! Tagline at the bottom of the page. Next issue, from bad to worse. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. <laughs> that's it. That's the end of the comic book. And that was it. That's 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 how we get into the Infinity Gauntlet. Um, look, it's a wild ride. I, like I said, I've never actually sat down and read a Marvel comic book before. Uh, this was really... Uh, once I got into the camp mindset of just like, if read it like everybody's a, drama, a hyperdramatic drag queen. Yeah. Then you're perfect. That's the tone. Yeah, exactly. There and you go. Once you can get into that mindset, the, the it, it was fun. Even though there's some cultural issues that oh, we're yeah. going to continue to point out, it gets much worse from here, Heather. <laughs> it gets so much worse from here. <laughs> um, but we're going to keep, keep calling that out because it was never right to do in the first place. And how dare y'all? Exactly. There's no excuse. There's mm-hmm. there's. It was a different time as bullshit. Like, this was the 90s. This was not that long yeah. ago. Now, I will I say... I was 11 when this comic came out. Now, I okay? did find quotes from all the act, all the writers and artists who were like, we regret a lot of the things we did. Here's what we did. We apologize for it. So, they've taken responsibility. So, I'm not going to be too harsh about it. 
Um, except that this shit's still happening today in comic books. Oh yeah. So. Yeah, comic books for for all the like they definitely deserve all the credit they get for for pushing a lot of social justice. Marvel comics do, um, and a lot of equality and representation, etc. Uh, it came with equal helpings of low key passive aggressive bigotry. Right, like that's also here, and so we're gonna call it out because it's there, and we're not gonna skip over it because skipping over it is how you get it to keep happening in the comics now. So. Yep. Anyway, uh, do you have anything else for Infinity Gauntlet issue one? No, but how did this feel? How did this feel? What do you think? Uh, so it's really fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I definitely feel uh, a little trepidatious about comics fans um, listening to this and being upset with us. I I'm not I'm not a comics fan. I don't. This all I can do is present my perspective. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so. Um, I hope it, I hope you liked it. Yeah, we're uh, y'all. Our only goal is to entertain you. That's it. Um, and, yeah. and so, um, you know, people want to come back to me with corrections. As I said before, I don't care. So please don't. Uh, <laughs> but but at the same t- at the same time, if there's something we could be doing a little bit better besides getting the facts right, that's never gonna ha- that didn't happen with the fucking films. I don't know why you would expect <laughs> that to happen with the comics. Um, uh, but if there are, co- for example, if there are comics that you want us to cover in the future, please let us know. Would le- definitely love. Uh, some feedback, patrons. Uh, y'all, y'all are first in line with uh, mm-hmm. telling us what you would love for us to cover. The strike is probably going to be in place for a while, so yeah. you know, once we're done with the Infinity Gauntlet, we have no idea what to do next. <laughs> so yeah, we're open to suggestions after that. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> this was ultimately this was a lot of fun to read, and it was a lot of fun to talk about today. Um, so it. like I get why Marvel, why comic books in general are fun. It's just not something I've gotten into before. So I'm really enjoying this. I'm looking forward to this journey for us. Um, <laughs> do you, so we don't have anything else for today. I'm double checking my notes, but I don't think so. I'm good. All right. So then let's outro. Uh-huh. Yep. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for listening and, and bearing with us as we go through this metamorphosis process here. Um, where do I go with it? Oh, okay. Sorry. I just derailed myself. God, I'm such a professional. Anyway, if you want to hang out with us in between episodes, and obviously you would want to because we're so good at this, you can find us on all the social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twi- Twitter X, X, Twitter, X, 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 whatever. You know we're what? We're just going to create a Pornhub account and you can find us there. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Uh, anyway, uh, we're on all those as at Marvelous underscore Divas. Also, y'all, did you know that we have a swag store, redbubble.com forward slash official divas? You can find t-shirts, stickers, mugs of all of our logos and the funny shit we say. We also have a YouTube channel. If you do a search for Dark Side Divas, which, yes, it's our favorite other show, but we talk about Marvel shit there, too. You can you can subscribe there and go. Uh, we also have a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash divas podcast for five bucks a month. Uh, you can watch unedited video versions of our show and also watch stuff like Stephanie laughing her ass off for reasons I don't know why. I just I just thought about fucking Hulk's fuck me outfit again and I got the giggles. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thanks for fucking me up, Heather. Um, anyway, yeah, if you would like to watch Stephanie giggle about Hulk's fuck me outfit, you can go ahead and pay five bucks a month. You also, we also do special events, and also uh, we have access to the greatest Discord community in all the multiverse. Uh, and last but certainly not least, y'all, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our podcast. Find Marvelous Divas on your favorite podcast platform. Subscribe. Leave all the reviews. Tell your friends about us. We're funny and awesome, I promise, I think. 
<laughs> Hulk smash. Hulk smash. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway. All right, y'all. Thank you so much. Okay, bye. <laughs>
locator dini on for my partner so he knows where i'm at so i do have i do have safety protocols and you know if i'm getting peed on i'll let my partner know hey i'm gonna need to come home and take a shower real quick (laughs) (laughs) i would think you would take the shower before you get like back into your own car or on public transit look heather um sometimes you're in an alleyway and there's no facilities right okay I'm just glad that we have standards. That's good. That's what I'm saying. Standards are good. 